Hello and welcome to the Kevin Segura Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Segura, and this is my podcast. Um, <laughs> that was improvised. I don't know what to say. So I tried thinking of like what this po- this episode was going to be about. Uh, I came up with nothing, but I do know that I really want to talk about Genesis 1, Proverbs chapter 8, uh, possibly Psalms chapter 8. Um, they're just awesome, and I need to talk about them. So... Without any further ado, let's get into the episode. So this is important. I'm probably going to mention this in every episode. It's going to be annoying, but like you have to understand. <laughs> the Bible is a book, and the implications of that is that it's written by people in a time, in a place, in a cultural context that is different from ours. They spoke a different language. They wrote, they understood the world differently. And so it's important for us to understand the Bible is a cross-cultural experience. And as well as a cross-temporal experience, meaning we're time traveling. It's, it's We're traveling back in time whenever we're opening the pages of the Bible. Um, it, it, I think it's just really important because <laughs> like that is not enough of a conversation um, whenever it comes to any kind of religious or holy literature. We just tend to take it on its own terms. At least this has been my experience um, interacting with, I guess, Christians in my tradition has been... Um, like people just take it on either on face value or like just forget the cultural context and don't try they fail to understand it on its own terms um and so we get all kinds of wacky ideas out of it um and so it's important to understand the bible on its own terms in its own context um and so that's low-key like part of my mission in life at this point (laughs) that'll be part of it i guess um and so whenever we're reading the pri- the pages of the Bible, that's what we have to have in mind. Genesis 1 is no exception. Genesis 1 holds a special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> and obviously it's like page one. It's like the whole thing. Um, it's like really important, you know, not the whole thing, but like it's really important page one of the Bible is. Um, but like it's just so awesome. <laughs> like it really is. Um, but it holds a special place in my heart because of uh, a sermon that Tim Mackey did one time. I'll actually link it down below. It was a lecture that he did um, that really just just completely blew apart my categories and remade new ones of how the Bible is meant to be read. Um, and it's basically what I just said. Like, it's a cross-cultural context. Um, the conversations that we tend to have in our society about Genesis 1 is about the actual how did the world come to be um, and the whole seven day creation as opposed to evolution and like this whole thing. And I think to read it that way to, to make that what we're getting out of it, I think is to miss the point, <laughs> you know, because again, being a cross-cultural experience, they, they were asking different questions. They were not concerned with the actual, how did the world come to be? Those are the questions that we have, that we are coming to the Bible with but that is not the question that it's asking. You know, it's like, you ever been like, you ever like came into a conversation that you weren't previously a part of and then you like think you're understanding something and then you're like, okay, well, let me give some input, right? Because like, I think I'm understanding the conversation. And then like what you had to say had nothing to do with the conversation. That's basically what's happening. Anytime we try to make the pages of Genesis about the actual how things came to be, we are missing the point that the authors are trying to communicate, which is the why things came to be. The biblical authors are more interested in why and not how. 
And that's what Genesis 1 is presenting to us. It is through the confines of their language and and the um, and their cosmology, which is the way that they saw the world ordered, the way that they um, experienced the ordering of the cosmos. They are explaining to us why, the meaning. They're, ex- they're exploring questions like, why are we here? Where are we? And what is our purpose? Um, and so infinitely more profound things <laughs> than how it came to be, you know? Um, and there's a lot more that I can say there that I, I'm sure we'll get into, like, over the course of time. But, yeah, we have and we have in our society so separated the physical or the metaphysical. So we've so divorced the metaphysical from the physical. That is to say, um, the why for things. We've separated from the how of things or from the what of things. And so things just lack purpose. <laughs> but I don't know if you've heard, man does not live by bread alone. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, that's what's happening here in, in Genesis 1. What we're, and we're about to read it. That's why I'm prefacing all this. We're about to read Genesis 1, the creation account. Um, and it's very important that we don't understand it in terms of how things came to be, but understand why things came to be. What is it saying about the nature of human existence? Because those are the questions that it is asking. That's what the idea that it is exploring. It's exploring the idea of the human condition. Um, and it's so profound. Uh, and then from there, we're going to go to Proverbs and we're going to look at poetic reflections on it. And it's so cool. Uh, so here we go. Genesis chapter one. We're literally just going to read the whole chapter. In the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, Google in the beginning, TikTok, and, <laughs> and you'll get it. Uh, but in the beginning, here we go. In the beginning, God created the skies and the land. And the land was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made an expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their own kind, with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after its kind, and and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, to separate the light the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. 
Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts on the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the, of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the earth on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God called. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is in it on the surface of the earth, and every tree which has fruit, which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be for food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. By the seventh, by the seventh day God had completed his work which he had which he had done, and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the heaven and the earth. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow, to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that is where we'll stop. Kind of want to keep going just because like I'm in it now, but that's where we're going to stop. And keeping all of that in mind that we just read, we're going to skip forward to Proverbs chapter 8. The book of Proverbs is awesome. Um, like, you don't have to be religious to read the book of Proverbs. Like, it has nothing to do with, it has a lot to do with Jesus. But like, it doesn't mention him. Like, that's, you know, like, you just should read the book of Proverbs at some point in your life. It's everything your parents should have told you but didn't. Um, <laughs> like Christian religious of any form or not, you just should read the book of Proverbs. It's phenomenal. Um, that said, we're going to be focusing on Proverbs chapter eight, which is literally freaking my favorite chapter in the whole book. <laughs> uh, because the whole chapter is literally just, so in this book, wisdom is personified as a woman. And like, that's just awesome. Like wisdom itself being 
a she being a her is remarkable. That is just so cool. Um, I have a lot more meditating to do as far as like why maybe, I don't know, but like, it's just awesome on surf on face value. Um, but so this chapter is just wisdom speaking and it's literally just her talking the entire time. And it's so good. Um, we're going to skip down to, ah, dang it. I don't want to skip, but, um, but the, the particularly relevant passage, but there's more that's relevant. Ugh. Fine. We'll read the whole thing. Okay. Proverbs chapter eight. Here we go. <laughs> Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on the top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet. She takes her stand beside the gates at the opening of the city at the entrance of the doors. She cries out to you. O men, I call and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence, and O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the openings of my lips reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in, are in righteousness, and there is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom also. I am understanding, power is mine. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes and nobles and all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than the choicest silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established, from the beginning. From the earliest times of the earth, when there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and its fields, nor the dust of the world, nor the first dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there, when he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed when he set for the sea its boundary so that the water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him as a master worksman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorstep, for he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. That's freaking cool. <laughs> like, that's just awesome. Um, you, you probably heard it. You probably felt it. That was a um, poetic reflection on... Um, 
what we just read in the creation account in Proverbs chapter one, in Genesis chapter one and two. Um, like, I don't know. Just sit with it. Just like sit with it and like read it again. <laughs> like, it's just so awesome. Um, there's so much to be said. Um, <laughs> um, even like we have to start talking about trees and I just had a conversation about trees with a friend and like, I really should start talking about trees. Um, <laughs> so much to say. Um, we'll go with this. In Genesis 1, we talked about this. Or we, we read it just now. Genesis 1. Day 6, God makes man in his image. In his image, he made them. Male and female, he made them. And to them, he says, be fruitful and multiply. He blesses them. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over over everything <laughs> rule over my good stuff but he uses that word rule as in reign as in royalty as in a kingdom yeah you see where i'm going if you've been listening um the story of the bible is a story about a kingdom from beginning to end um i think that's more solidified in my mind now after a conversation i had recently that's more solidified in my mouth in my mind now than it previously was and like it was already pretty in there but like that's the thing i'm pretty sure um, story of the Bible is a story about a kingdom and human beings are called to rule. Um, and so if we're going to rule, if humans are meant to reign in like King B fashion, right? Um, you have to have some kind of understanding of what is right and what is wrong. You know, like you have to, like, how are you going to rule? Like you want to have a, a baby, like you wouldn't have a literal child ruling things because they'd don't know what's going on. <laughs> they, they're premature. They, ha they don't have an understanding of what is good and what is wrong. What is wise? Uh, what is good policy? What is, you know? And so you have to, like, if you're going to rule, you have to have some kind of understanding. Um, and so in the narrative, we didn't get to it. We didn't read it. I wanted to keep reading, but, like, it's kind of a lot. Because then I would just get sidetracked down all the rabbit holes. But um, you may know of it. There's a famous tree. There's two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil sounds like kind of mystical or something. Like that's kind of always been my experience. Um, but like it's literally like it's called what it is, you know, <laughs> like it's a tree that represents the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. Like that's all it is. <laughs> it's a narrative. It's a narrative image. Um, it, is, it is a narrative image to try and get to something deeper. Um, and so what happens in the narrative is human beings are meant to reign. We need wisdom in order to do that. But the question that is put in front of the humans is how are you going to acquire this wisdom? The question is, are you going to take it on your own terms? Are you going to take for yourself the prerogative to define what is good and what is wrong? Or are you going to trust that trust God, trust him? And through relationship, you are going to get that wisdom. And so this is the choice that is presented to Adam and Eve. And I'll just say the quiet part out loud. It's presented to all of us daily. This is not something that happened however many thousands of years ago, whatever you choose to believe. This is something that is replayed daily in our day-to-day -day lives. The story of Adam and Eve. It's a choice. By what wisdom are we going to rule? And how are we going to acquire that wisdom? Um, and so this is the theme that traces throughout the entire storyline of the Bible. 
check the links below. You should check the links below in the description, <laughs> by the way, if you choose to go deeper down that rabbit hole to further explanation and such. Um, but like you really should um, just because it's cool. Um, and so the book of Proverbs is literally like, like, huh, if only God himself could just like speak to us, <laughs> you know, like if only that's literally what we just read. <laughs> read the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is literally like wisdom in the Bible is, is, um, uh, is portrayed as an attribute of God. And so it's an attribute of God that the biblical authors saw that we could have open access to apparently <laughs> like all you got to do is look for it and like ask right like literally that's how this that's how this chapter started does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on the mount on the top of the heights beside the way or uh, some translations on the rooftops um uh, where the paths meet she takes her stand at the entrance of the gates uh to the city you know it's like like she's not hiding you know uh you could if you if you're familiar with the letter of James in the New Testament, that's literally like <laughs> kind of how it starts. <laughs> He's like, if any of you is lacking wisdom, ask, ask of God, who gives willingly and freely to all who ask. Um, like if only we had, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like by what wisdom are we going to rule? That is literally the book of Proverbs. <laughs> like if only you had it in a book, that's what it is, um, and it's awesome. Um, and so what the heck, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to keep going with tracing this thread of, of wisdom and, and the wisdom by which this kingdom is ruled. I'm going to keep going. Um, Solomon, he's a key figure in this, <laughs> um, right? He was given much wisdom, um, but apparently that's not all you need to rule, <laughs> you know, if you're familiar with that story. But fast forward to Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene and the thing that he was talking about, particularly in the gospel of Matthew, but like the thing that he was talking about, if you could put it into one word well, or one phrase, I guess he was talking about the kingdom of heaven. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven being here in him. That he, That's what he was ushering in the arrival of a new kingdom. And he claimed to be the king. And so what does this kingdom look like? By what wisdom does this kingdom reign? Um, well, to that, we should flip to the Sermon on the Mount, which is what I like to call his political manifesto, because that's basically what it is. <laughs> He's saying, this is my kingdom, right? In this kingdom where I reign, it looks like this. It looks like the poor being taken care of. It looks like the orphan and the widow not having to worry about where their next meal is coming coming from because people in my kingdom are wildly generous because they trust God and his goodness and his abundance. Oh, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I literally do this every time I do this. Um, <laughs> um, and so that is the kingdom that Jesus claimed to be ushering in. Um, and so you may recall in his, in his trial, if you can call it a trial in his trial, um, he says, my, he says to Pontius Pilate, he goes, are you really a king? And he's like, you say so. He goes, you said it, not me. But he goes, if my kingdom, he goes, my kingdom is not of this world. What he means by that is not that he's a Martian. 
<laughs> right? It's not like aliens built the pyramids. It's <laughs> what he means by that is that the value system by which his kingdom is oper- by which his kingdom runs is different from anything you've ever seen. It's different from the way earthly kingdoms have been established. Because think of choose your century. Choose your century of human history. How have kingdoms been operated? How have kingdoms come to power? How have rulers reigned? Again, just pick your century. Like right now, Putin, how is he trying to win back his territory? If you can call it his territory. How is he trying to... He's trying to do everything he's doing with tanks, with guns, with violence and bloodshed. How did Hitler do it? How did Stalin do it? How did uh, Rome, Babylon, um, uh, the Mongolian Empire... Pick your century. Pick your empire. By what wisdom do they rule? How do they... How do they... Um, establish themselves. It is by violence and bloodshed. It is at the expense of others. But apparently Jesus saw that the nature and character of God through... Um, oh, uh, by the way, Psalm, uh, Psalms chapter 1, uh, Luke chapter 24, the road to Emmaus, key, key themes, uh, key passages with kind of my train of thought right now. Um, Apparently, Jesus saw, like in the laws of the Old Testament, which I don't know if you've ever gotten this out of that, but apparently he saw the nature of God revealed that he is, that that is not how human beings are meant to reign. That is not how humans rule. And so he came to be the ruler, the king that we, <laughs> that we needed. <laughs> the one that we needed, not the hero we deserved, but the one we needed. Um, he came to be that. And so how does... The question is, how does one become king in the kingdom of heaven? How do, uh, Well, Jesus said, the greatest be- become the least, and the least will become the greatest. Um, but I think the prime example that we have of how one becomes king in the kingdom of heaven is the way the king became king. And so I point you to his coronation ceremony, where he is given a crown, and he's given a robe, and he is lifted on high, and a plaque for all hail for all to hail as king of the jews apparently that is the wisdom of god <laughs> um <laughs> apparently the wisdom of god is such that you have to choose apparently it is such that nonviolent apparently it is such that love overcomes um death both in life and after um and so what jesus showed is the kingdom of god coming here and the wisdom by which it is ruled and that is generosity compassion and like he did this in his life but he also did this in his death and in his resurrection but like he also did it in his life you know like kindness compassion generosity um, this is the wisdom of a kingdom that is made to last forever and ever. Amen. Um, and so to continue the thread, this is how the story of the whole Hebrew Bible, the story of the whole Bible, that's how it ends. The same way that it began. It ends with human beings ruling alongside God um, as kingdom comes here on earth as it is in heaven. And we believe 
that it has if you are a follower of Jesus. I think you believe that the kingdom has come here now, <laughs> that we have access to that kingdom. Um, and that's how the story ends, with human beings reigning. Forever and ever, amen. Uh, this is not at all how I thought this episode was going to go. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> I wasn't sure where I was going to go. I just kind of started talking and... Um, what do you know? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> but, um, um, so read the book of Proverbs. Uh, I think we'll make one last stop on our journey. Uh, this is, we'll go to, um, Psalms chapter one, a, an important passage for this. Um, it, Psalms chapter one is an intro to the whole Bible or to the whole, sorry, to the whole book of Psalms. Um, again, links below, you should check out the links below. Um, <laughs> Psalms one is an intro to the whole rest of the book of Psalms, but it goes like this. Blessed is the man. Uh, if you're following along, you might be confused cause I'm going to paraphrase this, but he goes, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who's on and who on his law meditates day and night. The person who does this, who meditates on his law day and night will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and whatever he does, he prospers for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Um, there's obviously more to that Psalm, especially if you're reading along, you're like, what the heck? But <laughs> um, again, just listen to that vocabulary. It's calling back to everything that we just read. It's Genesis one, a tree of life planted by streams of water. Uh, it's the book of Proverbs, um, right? The wisdom delighting in the law of the Lord. Uh, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That is clearly a theme in the book of Proverbs if you've ever read it. Um, and so I think the main example that we have or the prime example that we have of that is the reason you're probably still here listening to this <laughs> is Jesus. <laughs> um, I say this, like what, like why are we reading the Old Testament? Why are we reading the Bible at all, like in general, just at all to begin with, but in particular the Old Testament, because the Old Testament's like weird, like weirder than the New Testament. The Old Testament is weird, um, and again, it's just like a way different cultural context and whatnot. But um, the reason we're reading the 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 Old Testament in particular and the Bible as a whole, I think, is because we're followers of Jesus. Either that, or like you have an axe to grind, you know, like you you're really trying to disprove something, um, or prove your point or whatever. We're reading it because we're followers of Jesus. And so again, see Psalm or see Luke, uh, what are the final chapters? Luke 24, I think, Road to Emmaus. Um, we're reading this because we're followers of Jesus. And so we want to try and understand the Bible the way that he understood the Bible. And apparently he saw the Bible as a story about a kingdom. Um, and he, he gained that wisdom. Like he says this again, Road to Emmaus. He he saw the nature and character of God and the way that he rules his kingdom, the wisdom by which it is ruled um, in the Old Testament. And so we ought to, as followers of Jesus, that's how we ought to try to read it um, on its own terms in the way that Jesus himself read it, presumably. And, um, and yeah, it's freaking cool. <laughs> I like this book. I cannot get enough of it. Um, and again, uh, what we just read, Psalms 1, meditates on it day and night. Like, the ideal reader of the Bible is apparently somebody who reads and rereads. Like, 
the Bible is is designed as literature. It is designed as a whole for you to like read and reread and like read it again and like you know, it's like watching a movie or reading a book as like the older you get, you know, you're like you're noticing different things, picking up on certain other things. And um the Bible is designed like that but to the max. And it's so cool. I'm here for it. And uh yeah, I think that's a good place to end. You know? Wasn't sure where this was going, but I'm I'm kinda proud with that. So I'm happy with it. Um again, links below to more resources. Highly recommend Bible Project. Um Thank you for being here. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, tweet at me. Uh I'm new on Twitter. I actually really kind of like it, not gonna lie. <laughs> Everyone's hating on it. I actually really like it. Uh link will be below in the description. And uh yeah. Hope you have a good day. Peace, love, patience, in the lamb. Doodles. <laughs>